Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. You can follow our main account at ONTAP Irish. Coming to you live from Turkey Day from Thanksgiving. Just stuffed my face all day, watched a bunch of football, had some drinks, kicked it with the family, the whole nine yards. It was a good day. Recapping uh, last week, I mean, another good day for Notre Dame. A 55 to nothing win over Georgia Tech. The defense goes a third consecutive game without giving up a touchdown. And the last time they actually gave up a touchdown was when I was out at the game against North Carolina in the fourth quarter. So to put that into perspective, today's date, as I'm recording this, is Thursday, November 25th. By the time you guys are listening to this, it could be Black Friday. It could be Saturday morning before the game, Saturday evening before the game. No matter which way you cut it, by the time Notre Dame hits the field on Saturday, it will have almost been a full calendar month that they have not allowed a touchdown in. I can't speak for practice because that offense is firing right now, but game situations, no touchdowns, six points against uh, Virginia, I believe, or maybe it was only, you know, it was only three points against Virginia and six points with Navy. So the defense is playing absolutely out of their minds. I didn't get to see as much of the game as I would have liked. I had to do uh, some graduation pictures. That's why I wasn't available to do uh my normal crazy live tweets during the game, but every single time I was checking in on the game, it was like 14 more points got added or 10 points got added here. And it was a game that we talked about on the pregame that, yeah, well, they do have good weapons in Jameer Gibbs and their young quarterback in Jordan Yates, even though he wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season, they just do not have enough ammo. And like I said, like I've seen this team play. I saw them play week one and I know week one's a very vulnerable week, but from the very jump, NIU, the school that I go to another, you know, another school that I cover for on tap, they dominated that game in every facet. And I figured, you know, if they could do that from the jump, Notre Dame was going to have no issue with them. Offensively, Jack Cohn has really started to catch fire. I know this wasn't the best measuring stick game as far as opponent, but he has been extremely efficient. He was 15 to 20 with 285 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously we've talked about on the show this year, Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly's ability to use both Cone and Buckner. Now Buckner is more of the RPO guy. Buckner is more of the guy that they bring in in the, in the obvious run situations and the guy that they kind of just slam up the gut, tell him to go get three yards. He can still throw the ball. He needs to polish some of those things. And when it's his opportunity to be a starting quarterback at Notre Dame, I fully trust that he will have had enough snaps and enough experience along the way to be that guy when he gets there. But not too much to talk about from this game. Like you can't really tell too much if your team loses 55 to nothing or if you win 55 to nothing because it's just not a good measuring stick. Uh, there were some defensive turnovers that resulted in touchdowns. We absolutely love to see that. Our defense, I think I actually saw a stat that our defense has outscored our last three opponents. I think our defense has like 14 points, if not 21. And our last three opponents only have 12 points combined or nine points combined. Some goofy shit like that. Like it's absurd. So there's a lot on the table right now. This is a huge week in college football. Like I said, I just got done watching the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss is ranked number nine. They are behind us, but 
the teams that are ahead of us, chaos can ensue. So tomorrow afternoon, or by the time you're hearing this, it'll be Friday afternoon, Cincinnati is playing against East Carolina, Eastern Carolina. I don't know how you say it anymore, but the, the Pirates, the purple people, they have a good quarterback. They have a good team. They, I'm not saying they're going to they're gonna win against Cincinnati, but it should be a relatively competitive game against Cincinnati. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan play this week. No matter which way you cut the pie, one of those teams will have two losses, effectively eliminating them from the, you know, from the running. So I don't really see Michigan winning that game. I see Ohio State winning that game. Michigan's currently ranked number five, three spots ahead of us. That would move us up. And then Alabama is playing against Auburn. If Alabama wins that game, they will then play against Georgia in the conference title game for the SEC. Now, the most important thing about that is if, and I don't anticipate Auburn popping off Alabama on Saturday. I really just don't see it. I could be surprised. It's happened before, but this is not your standard Auburn football team. And it's not your standard Alabama football team either. But the way I look at it is if we can get Georgia to care enough about winning the SEC, because he, I mean, Georgia is going to be in the college football playoff, no matter what they can lose a game. You know, they can lose the SEC championship and they'll just slide to four effectively knocking us out. And there's nothing that we can do about it, obviously, because we don't play in a conference. So if for whatever reason, um, Alabama and Georgia play. We're the biggest Georgia fans you guys have ever seen for 60 minutes. Saturday, most likely, as much as it pains us, it doesn't pain us. We hate both teams involved with Ohio State and Michigan, but we're going to be rooting for Ohio State. Also, this past weekend, we got an immense amount of help from Utah. Utah absolutely blew the doors off of Oregon effectively eliminating them from the college football playoff. And like we said a few weeks back, Oklahoma lost to Baylor. So there is a lot up in the air. The only thing that we can control is winning on Saturday at Stanford and winning again with style points. I know you're going to, you've seen the talking heads this week, the Keyshawn Johnsons, the other people that are saying that they don't want to see Notre Dame. So be it. You hate to see it because like we've said on this show, if five, 10 win seasons in a row is bad, then I, or, you know, is bad to some programs, then I want to see what's good because yeah, like the standard obviously is, is Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, those schools that are in it year in and year out, obviously this year wasn't Clemson's year, but we are competitive. We're a top 10 team year in and year out. They're putting players in the draft. They're graduating almost all of their players and yeah, I don't have too many bad things to say about Notre Dame. And you got to remember, I was born after 88. I've never seen a title. This is a very, very successful run for Brian Kelly as the Notre Dame head coach. And I would only anticipate before he's, he calls it, you know, a career and is all said and done. Cause I think that's ultimately what will happen. Like this is his, his dream job. I don't see him leaving unless he just, falls off the rails he's not going to get fired either the way i look at it is he will at least get one national championship back to south bend before he leaves and he could leave notre dame if if he isn't already the winningest coach in notre dame history so it is what it is um 
obviously we haven't had the results in the playoff or, or in the postseason for that matter. You can throw bowl games, BCS or New Year's Six era in there. It, it doesn't really matter. Either way, the success has not been there in the big games, and we would really like to see that change this year. Going into this week, similar, like I said last week, like, yo, this is a team that we are going to pummel and it doesn't matter who we put out there. We could literally run the scout team out there and probably still beat them. Stanford has been a dead dog since like week one. Like they had one good win against Oregon. And we later found out that Oregon is not, you know, all they're cracked up to be coming into this game. Stanford is three and eight on the season. They have a 12% chance to win this game, according to uh, FPI over at ESPN. And the spread, which opened up at 17, is now up to minus 20 and a half. And you could even see it creep closer to 23 and a half by kickoff. I would not be surprised. Over under is 52 and a half points. And yeah. I don't see Stanford scoring more than two touchdowns if they even score at all. Like the maximum amount of points that Stanford will score on Saturday on senior night against Notre Dame, 14. I've watched this team play week in and week out. And on the season, they are averaging 21 points per game. They give up 31. They only get about 310 yards of offense. They truly have nothing to play for at this point of the season. And some of their point outputs over the last four games. So their last four games lost 41 to 11 to Cal. Cal's not a great football team. Lost 35 to Oregon, lost 35 to 14 to Oregon state. Oregon state is actually a quality team. I don't think like they're anything special, but they know their identity and they play it well. Utah 52 to seven, probably something like what this game is going to look like. We're a better team than Utah. I don't think we're as motivated to play all our starters throughout this entire game because there are more important games on the other side and you don't want to see anyone get hurt. They lost to Washington 20 to 13. And the last time that they were able to score over 20 points in a game was in a 34 to 31 loss against Washington state and Washington state is going through a coaching change. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on over there. So In their three wins, they have scored over 30 points. So the only times that they have won this year, they have scored over 30 points. They beat USC 42 to 28. USC is terrible. They beat Vanderbilt 41 to 23. Vanderbilt is also terrible, the worst team in the SEC. And then they had that overtime thriller where they came back and they beat Oregon. But that seems like a year ago. You know how you 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 look at a college football season – And it almost seems like, you know, what happened in October and September was like literally a year ago and it's only the end of November. That's how long ago that felt. That team, after beating Oregon, has gone on to lose the next six games. There's really only been two of those games that have been one possession, losing to Washington State by three and Washington by seven. So, yeah, this is a team that gets shit pumped week in and week out. We're a team that can shit pump teams <laughs> as meatballish as this sounds like it's, it's cut and dry. We're going to come in. We're going to establish the line of scrimmage. We're going to get the big uglies involved up front. They're going to get their running game going, whether it's Logan Diggs, whether it's Kyron Williams, whether it's Tyler Buckner on QB draws, and they're going to, they're going to beat Stanford by halftime. I'm calling that this game will be over by halftime. 
They're going to win with style points. There will be a big margin of defeat. I don't anticipate Stanford holding a lead at any point in this game, even if they get the ball first. Like I said, even if they get the ball first, it does not matter. Stanford does not stand a chance in this game. And I mentioned earlier, I said we were ranked eighth. That was our ranking last week. This week we're ranked sixth. And that is right on the cusp. That is the first two. That's like the in the hunt graphic for the NFL, but for college football. And all we got to do is win. You just have to win. Maybe throw like a 21 or 28 point differential in there. But at no point in this game should Notre Dame be playing anyone that is slightly banged up. If you get banged up during the game, it's a wrap for you. There's no need for you to go back out there. We'll put a younger guy in or we'll put one of the reserves in. This is a game that you absolutely want to see everyone get back on the plane the way they got on the plane going to Stanford. And I know you, you could say that about every game. This game, it's a little bit different because, like, we're not losing this game. We're going to win by a pretty hefty margin, in my opinion. So why even keep guys out there late? Like, the starters could be out by halftime, realistically. You guys saw what the score was last week at halftime. So expect another performance like that this week. Offensive player of the game or offensive uh, key player of the game for this week, I'm going to go with with Jack Cohn. Um, don't expect anything too flashy. Don't expect the numbers to be too crazy because he'll probably get pulled at some point during the game. But – I just want to see efficient football. I want to see him move the fo- move the football down the field with ease. And by the time he gets taken out at halftime or whatever, they decide to pull him, have at least 28 points on the board and zero turnovers. If someone else, you know, if he throws a pass and that guy fumbles it, or if Kyron fumbles it or something else, that's not on him unless it's a bad handoff, but I don't want any interceptions. I don't want pressure. So this, I guess, goes to the O-line. So no strip sacks, none of that. Let's see Jack hold on to the football, and let's use this as almost like a glorified practice because that's basically what it is. Like, this game means nothing. Defensively, Stanford likes to run the football. They like to have long, sustained drives. They like to take the air out of the ball. They like to keep it simple. Uh, They don't have too many weapons on their offense, Tanner McKee is their quarterback, and, I mean, he's nothing special. Like, he has the size at 6'6", 228. You would expect him to be a little bit more talented than he is. But on the year, he only has 14 touchdown passes, seven interceptions, and a little over 2,000 yards. So it's not great. He can make some plays, but I've also seen him fold up like a little bitch during a game. So – the way our defense plays, I could see that happening. Defensively, I'll go with Isaiah Foskey. And here's why. I want to see that front seven get pressure. I want to see guys like Isaiah Foskey and, and Kurt Hinnish and Myron Tagavalia and Myron Tagavalia Amosa in the backfield wreaking havoc. And this is a game where there's no reason why we can't have three to five sacks looking for Isaiah to have two of those. So that would be great to see. Defensively, I don't want to see anything more than 17 points. I know I said 14 earlier, but if this team crosses over the the 17 and to the 20-point margin, failure 
on our end because this team is absolutely terrible offensively. I would have to look at the efficiency numbers, like by the numbers, rush offense, pass offense, all that stuff, but not a good offense. You're going to see some ugly football out there matched with how, how quality our defense is. Special teams, no reason why we can't run one back to the house this weekend. Would love to see a Chris Tyree kick kick return for a touchdown or a punt return for a touchdown. That would be amazing to see. And there's, like I said, there's no reason why it cannot happen. With that being said, for my score prediction, I'm going to go with 42 to 10. Stanford gets 10 points, maybe late points. Like I said, no lead at any point in this game. We're going to take this one wire wire. We'll put up 42, but you know how we tend to ease off in the second half and, and, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. There's no real urgency when you're up by 40 and it's the last game of the season. So I'm going with 42 to 10. I do believe Notre Dame will cover. Does not matter what number you get this spread at, unless it's like a live spread that's like 50. And even then, like, yo, they probably still have a chance at that. Play this game up to 23 and a half just because of football numbers. The absolute highest number I would be willing to take gambling-wise, and this is just because I'm weird about high spreads, is 27 and a half. And I couldn't tell you the last time Notre Dame ever had a spread that high. It would have had to have been like like Bowling Green or like Miami of Ohio or one of those teams. Like, don't be intimidated. Notre Dame will score a decent amount of points in this game, and Notre Dame will cover the spread. Like I said, 42 to 10 gives you – that's a 32-point victory. So that gives you like four or five points wiggle room if the, if the spread keeps going up or if you get something live. And if you haven't already, register with our friends over at Bet Rivers. Uh, we do have a two up to a two hundred and fifty dollars deposit match at Bet Rivers, and all you have to do is, you know, when you go out to Displays to register, is mention the promo code on tap. And if you do deposit two hundred and fifty dollars in your account, they'll match that. If it's a hundred, they'll match a hundred, and you know, so on and so forth. We also have another sponsorship with Vivid Seats. Bowl season is coming up, potentially the college football playoff, potentially a New Year's Six Bowl. So those tickets are kind of expensive. We also have a promo code for that. Our promo code is the same as Bet Rivers. It's going to be on tap. And when you're done checking out on Vivid Seats, just use that promo code on tap for any purchase over $100. You get $10 off your purchase. And the way I look at it is your first beer when you get to the game is on us. If that's the case and you do end up going to grab a beer right when you get there, make sure to tag us with it uh, with the hashtag Crack'em. But like I said, there's a game to see some of the young guys, some of the older guys that haven't gotten as much playing time during their career, and a game for us to dominate and win with style points. There's a lot of interesting college football games going on over the weekend. I encourage you to to sit down and, and take part in watching those games during the afternoon and during the late evening before we start. And you'll get a little bit of a better painted picture on how we can get into the college football playoff. Those teams will be selected, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, December 5th. I cannot wait for that. Uh, I'm going to be coming back from Detroit that day. Cause I'm going to the Mac championship for, uh, for NIU. I don't even know who they play yet, but 
I'm very excited for, for the way that the rest of this season is going to shape out for our Irish. They have busted their ass to get back into this position after everybody, myself included, wrote them off after losing to Cincinnati. They've continued to just go 1-0 each week and handle their job in between the trenches, and now they're in a position to potentially go to the college football playoff. But like I said, I got the Irish in a, in a big win this week, 42-10. to 10. We'll be back with you guys on the other side of this episode with a game recap and an overall season recap. We'll look at some of the best moments, some of the feats that were accomplished, some of the records that were broken, a little bit of everything. And then we'll get situated for our bowl coverage. And before you know it, we'll be done with season three of Irish on tap and we'll be transitioning towards and we'll be transitioning towards NFL draft coverage. So, and we'll probably have a handful of guys, we already know Kyle Hamilton's going to be a first round draft pick, but we got to see where the rest of the guys fall into after that. But with that being said, I really do appreciate everyone for listening to this episode of Irish on tap presented to you by on tap Sportsnet. Like I said, we'll be back with you guys next week. Give our socials a follow at on tap Irish. And then my personal account is at the Don 300. But like I said, really do appreciate you guys and go Irish.